what do you think the biggest changes uh, that are going to be affecting our agencies within the next couple of years? Yeah, I mean, this is going to come across harsh, but I think it's the truth is that you have to grow and expand. You cannot be a single agency owner who's doing service and sales and you've got like one other person and you've got a desk phone and you're calling these leads because the people that have stuff automated and have processes are going to just dominate you. Insurance dudes are on a mission to escape being handcuffed by our agencies. How? By uncovering the secrets to creating a predictable, consistent, and profitable agency sales machine. I am Craig Pretzinger. I am Jason Feldman. We are agents. We are insurance dudes. Right now, while it's fresh in your mind, check out live.teledudes.com. We took our notes from over 100 interviews with top agents from around the country and made it into a live webcast. Using these strategies led Craig and I to selling more than $10 million in premium in the last two years. On this call, you'll receive the exact blueprint to get the same results. Just go to live.teledudes.com to register for this upcoming Tuesday's live call with us. If you jump on this call with us, we're certain 2022 will be an absolutely fantastic year for you. See you there. Jason had a great line on that I heard on one of the shows where he said, you're the coach. Like, I just feel like, especially now, like, cause what most agency owners do that I've seen is they bring somebody in and they're like, oh, you have the magical sales skill and ability. So like, you just know how to sell and I don't have to really like coach you or do anything. And then they don't hit their sales number. And they're like, oh, guess you didn't work out. You know, I'm going to fire you or blame you. And it's like, not a lot of good really comes from a, like a disciplinary approach. It's really not yeah. about that. It's all about being the coach. Like that was what J- I, you know, Jason said that at one point. I'm like, that's so true. Like it has to just come back to, hey, these are your goals. And if you do this, this, and this, it's going to prevent you from getting there. Whereas if you do this and this, it'll help you get there. Because I, I just think like coming down on somebody as a disciplinary thing is it's almost never going to be productive. It's almost right. always going to like backfire. And I, I just don't really want to do that anyway. But I just think it's like you can just take the other approach. You know, it's like, it's like a sports coach. It's like, if we're going to win, we got to do this. And if you're going to reach your fullest potential, you have to do this. But I think that's the other big piece of it. And I think you have to create an environment that the producers can succeed in. Like, yeah, you could be this great producer, but if you don't have, that's what I'm constantly trying to do is find these systems like that. We like teledudes is a huge piece of that. Right. And I want to, I want to be able to feel confident that I've done everything I can to put them in a position to succeed. So I'm like, yeah. okay, I can get them all these live transfers, right? I can have this great CRM phone system. I can have training every day. You guys have talked about just creating like a good environment in the office. I don't want there to be anything that I can say I didn't do everything that I could. Yeah. It's yeah. very liberating when you realize and acknowledge that anything that goes wrong or right at the agency is a direct result of the actions that we as the owners took. Mm-hmm. It's not them. Right. It's easy to blame them. Right. But then ask, you know, if, if I'm blaming them for not getting results, I also have to ask myself, how much have I been coaching? How many meetings have we been doing? What leads in my mind? Am I providing the right structure and, and situation for them to be successful? You know, you can't just say, go do it, salesperson, and expect them to do it. It's not going to happen. No, and, the, and that's such a great point because there's most of the time there's something that you can do. Like I was just talking about this with you guys the other day on the, I think it was last week's call. Like we basically weren't following up enough on quotes and it's like, you know, you could go and be like, Hey, we got to follow up on quotes more or 
just make a change in the system so that every time they go online, it just calls their quotes. <laughs> There's no harsh conversation has to happen. Now it's, it's just going to naturally happen. It's nice to be able to find ways to do stuff like that. Yeah. I think the magic's in that is like, what can we do to help the things that go wrong? And then also to what you were saying, like taking the, uh, like a lot of times we take the negative approach, but it's almost like a cup of water. If you want the water to become cold, you throw ice in it. Or if you want the water to become hotter, you put heat to it. You, you know what I mean? So like, you just need to do the opposite. You don't have to take like the negative approach mm. is almost always the wrong way because the activity is not going to change unless they're encouraged to, to change it. So, I mean, there are those times it usually has to do with ethics type of a thing, you know, yeah. but um, yeah, it's incredible. Like if you want that result and when we scaled our agency and we had, uh, I think at one point, like 15 agents or 12, something like that, five old timers, something like that. <laughs> it was at least 12 agents at one point. And club. there's a lot of times, like I was pissed at people, you know, we're trying to grow and they, the people were taking time off and, and they were saying this and like, Oh, all this stuff and frustrating, but it's like, then you have to go, you know what, how do I get the result that I want the quickest? And so usually it's biting your own tongue and going in and encouraging the person that you might be a little upset with. So it's like flipping that. And it really did get the result that we wanted at the time. And yeah, it's almost always the right way to go. 100%. Yeah. So let's get into like right now, what are you doing for marketing and um, for your agency? Yeah. So we just added a second Teledude. The first one was killing it. And the second one's two days in and they're killing it too. They're each getting like eight, nine transfers a day. And we're getting a ton of callbacks, like probably 10 to 15 per marketer. Wow. Um, so we're buying probably between 60 to 70 internet leads a day, just making sure that they've got enough activity and I can just sit back and just listen. If I can hear all three producers on the phone, quoting people, following up on quotes, and it's just a beautiful thing, just keeping busy. And that was one of my biggest goals was just to have a good energy in the office where a lot of stuff is happening. Because if you're just sitting there and you're the only person in the office or it's quiet, it's like it's hard to get your energy ramped up to be like, I'm going to go get this. you know. But if everybody else around you is talking and, and selling stuff and quoting stuff and they're excited, it's like, it's going to make you want to do the same thing. So you know, your guys' service has really helped us get, create that environment and that level of activity. I love what you said too, like callbacks and all that stuff. A lot of people focus on that initial teed up transfer, right? But you're focused on training the team and creating all this activity so that they create an environment where they can take anybody and turn them into a quote. 100%. So cool. Then those callbacks are good. I mean, we got a, a high ratio of quoting those. It's pretty rare that one of them won't get a quote. It's funny that you say that. So many people say, ah, the callbacks suck, you know? <laughs> it's, you just got to roll right into it. You know, oh, yeah, hey, thanks so much for giving us a shout back. You know, I was just reaching out to you to get you that quote on your 2015 Hyundai. Anyway, so, you know, how are you doing today? And just roll right into it, you know? Yeah. Yep. Don't ask for permission. Don't ask them if they want a quote. I say you can ask them a question, but, like, just be like, how are you doing? After you go through all that, you just have to assume assume the quote. Have you know? to. Make that mind go a long way to say no. Yeah, your mindset going into it is like, oh, callbacks are great. You know, a lot of people say callbacks suck. Like, cut them off. 
<laughs> yeah, oh, they're great. well, they do if you go in thinking that, right? right. Because the person's going to confirm it by saying, "I ah, nah, never mind," right? But if you are positive and you just keep it going, I mean, that's the whole point is talking to humans. There is no, at least, no large bucket of people that are pounding the door down to get insurance quotes, especially after ten agents have called them, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Well, and I always say, like, what I always tell the producers and the marketer too is like they do want a quote. So like I almost approach it not as an objection, but as in like they're almost self-conscious about the fact that they want a quote. So like, oh no, you know what? That's okay. Oh no, 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 it's okay. I got I got it. I'm I'm putting, you know, I'm 95% of the way done with the quote right here. It yep. just kind of flipped the mindset where they're not objecting to it. They're uncomfortable with it. It's like the story Jason always tells. And I do the same thing. You go into a store you know exactly what you're there to buy. Someone who's qualified to provide you with information comes up, asks me help. Nope, I'm good. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to. You're just uncomfortable. And if somebody would do the same thing, if they were like, if someone was to be like, I'll bet you came in here knowing exactly what you wanted to buy, didn't you? You'd probably be like, oh man, okay, you got me. You know, that's just the approach you have to have. It's just like, I bet you're just kicking tires. You're just kicking tires, aren't you? No, So it's just awesome. I mean, it's such a game changer. And you guys have created something that I feel like it actually allows me to feel like I have a repeatable process. And I want to say like, just to anybody who's an agency owner, it's like, it's extremely hard. You have to wear a million different hats. It's really hard to manage insurance salespeople. And for you guys to have created something that actually makes it feel like you can put a process in place and scale it is incredible. And that's, that's really what it is. Thanks, man. We, Thanks. I will have to say again, we did not <laughs> pay you to say that. That is, but we that had, is honestly, thank you so much for. Oh, it's the truth. I mean, at the um, same time, when we started getting results from internet leads, we were very surprised and pleasant. We're pleasantly surprised too, you know, at the beginning when we're putting it all together, because we tweaked and tweaked and tweaked and tweaked and it wouldn't work. And then I almost folded and then it worked. Like, ah, it's like Thomas Edison with the light bulb. He, he tested Easy there. <laughs> uh, well, he's clearly a better inventor. It's like, I, but, well, when I said this, it was kind of like Einstein. It's, um, it's kind of like when Einstein uh, <laughs> created the theory of relativity. <laughs> I'd rather have no, tele dudes but, but, but in my mean, office. <laughs> but what I mean is like he tested, <laughs> he tested thousands of filaments, right? Until it worked. Like he tested. So we applied the same methodology. We are basically Edison. (laughs) Ipso facto. (laughs) Ipso facto. (laughs) It's good. So, Garrett, what what are you doing for uh, referrals? Are you doing anything special? Yeah, I think there's a lot we can improve on there. I'm trying to get the referral network set up with loan officers and realtors. It's hard, but I'm trying to get it set up. Yeah, I think there's a lot more we could be doing there for sure. Yeah. What about like referrals from, are you, are you uh, grabbing any referrals from any onboardings or? Yeah, we're working on that. Cause I just transitioned uh, one of my team members to be the onboarding specialist. She's mm-hmm. only like a couple weeks into that. So we're starting to work on like, you know, setting up a life insurance appointment and doing stuff like that. And then, yeah, I think referrals will be the next step, but I think that is something that we need to to emphasize more. Super cool. I know that's so the now one. she's identified as a retention specialist. After the transition, moving on. (laughs) Well, oh, so we talked about onboarding. We talked about onboarding clients. I'm sorry, onboarding (laughs) new hires. It's like where my brain is 
talk <laughs> is narrating it at the same time as I'm asking questions. <laughs> so what about with new clients? Do you have a system that you a process that you follow in order to get them yeah. all buttoned so, up? So, yeah. So basically what was happening is like the salespeople were making sales and then the people weren't signing their documents or stuff wasn't happening and then those were falling off. So what I did was I took somebody and trained them to be the onboarding specialist. So now when the salespeople make a sale, they can just, you know, make good notes, have a conversation with her about what needs to happen, pass it off, and then they can move on. Because what happens is like when you're a salesperson, there are activities that you need to do, but those activities are reaching out. So if I know I need to call Jason to present that quote to him at 3 p.m. today and right at 245, the person I sold yesterday calls me with a question, I'm going to take that call. And then now I just missed the opportunity to sell him. Right. So it goes back to like just having like, okay, I'm just focused on I sell somebody, boom, I'm going to pass it off and then I'm going to move on to the next opportunity. And ultimately what's going to come from that is they're going to be able to reach their goals. Because I, I kind of view it as like my whole job is just to help them reach their goals. Because if that happens, then I'm going to reach my goals too. It's all aligned. So I think it's it's a new process for us, but I'm really excited about it. I think it's really going to help. And we're, it's going to make, because once they don't sign the documents and the e-signature thing expires, it's way harder than just to get them to click a button to sign the document. So it's like, it's 10 times harder at that point. So we just want to avoid getting to that point. Right. Yeah. 100%. Like yeah, it is definitely a linear process. And when the when the salespeople sell, it's like, peace, I'm out. Like, that's it. I'm <laughs> right. on to the next one. I don't one. remember your so, name anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you definitely have to monitor that because, because I think that's pretty much with any company with salespeople. It's not like, it's not like you're going to get Sally to change her ways because she's an amazing salesperson. If she just took a few extra steps, like, that's not going to happen. You no. might as well. Yeah, it's crazy. The better they are, the less likely they are to be able to follow up with anything yeah. or have any kinds of organization. Right. <laughs> well, it's like you put so much work into making the sale. The last thing you want to do is like, well, let me stop all the other sales activity I'm doing and be like, walk this person right. through how to download an app on their phone. But right. at the same time, somebody else loves that. Somebody else loves yeah. getting to connect with somebody and help them through that process. Yeah. So just putting them in a position where they can do that. And the person that loves that hates selling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it all works out. And yeah. What are you doing for retention? What would you say is your number one retention tactic? I think being proactive. You know, we're reaching out. We're uh, marrying the cross-selling process with the review process. So reaching out to them. Basically, the clients that are have been talked to are less likely to leave. If they have not heard from you for years, they're going to be like, yeah, he hasn't even checked in with me. Now, that could even be like you trying to connect with them and they don't respond to your call. Okay, that's fine. They can't say you didn't reach out. But we married it together so that you reach out and instead of saying, hey, you've got a homeowners with us and you get a discount on your auto insurance and can I give you a quote on the cars? Reach out saying, hey, listen, yo, thanks for being a loyal client with us for all these years. I was taking a look at the home insurance policy that you've got with us. And there's a couple of things that I wanted to go over with you. So who would say no to that? Like if, if an advisor is concerned about something on my policy that I already have with them, why would I not want to hear that? Right. So then you go through, address the coverages. So we kind of approach it. We attack the coverages the same way we would as if we were quoting somebody new. And then naturally, once you go through all that, they're going to ask, okay, how much does that cost? Well, before I tell you that, you're actually missing the number one discount that you could have off of this. You know what that is? It's your cars. 
So how much are you paying for your cars? Boom. And now you're transitioning that. It's like I earning the cross sell. Mm -hmm. And and through that now, even if they don't buy the cars, you've at least had a conversation with them about their about their home insurance. And I think life insurance is huge too. It's a huge retention thing. The more statistics show, the more policies somebody has with you, the, the less likely they are to cancel because it's a headache. If they've got six policies, they don't want to go. If they do switch, they're just going to switch the cars. They're not going to leave everything else the same. Yeah. So, 100%. Yep. So, so besides listening to this podcast, what? how do you keep yourself motivated? Is there really any, anything else? <laughs> I don't know what other motivation I could possibly need. Every... <laughs> Every week when, the, no, I listen to the podcast every week when it comes out, but I just, I'm motivated just by my wife and I are coming up on our one year anniversary and just trying to provide a good life for her, trying to help my people here reach their goals. That's what motivates me. And just, and just trying to grow. Like Jason was talking about, like, I just don't ever want to feel like I'm going backwards. You know, if I can feel like I'm motivated by trophies and stuff like that too, because I was an athlete. So I like, <laughs> you know, I don't like stuff like that, even though it's like you, you don't actually earn anything off of it, but it means, it means something. So oh, I'm well, maybe, I, I just like to be, win. Yeah. Right. You may be pleasantly surprised with an idea we're kicking around. So Ooh. <laughs> just going to leave it at that. Teaser. Teaser. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, so you're coming up on your one year anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank I saw you. your big smile when he said that. And I thought, boy, I bet Jason has some jokes. Oh, dude, the, <laughs> the first year is so tough. Like nobody tells you. Like I even live with my wife. We were together for five years. I even lived with her for four of the years and we got married. And still that first year was <laughs> tough, but uh, it was a lot better after the first year. I think yeah. like the twentieth, the twentieth and twenty first is really good. Well, all these people are like, all these people are like, when are you guys going to have kids? And I'm like, we opened a business and got married within one year. Like enough large life events, right? For you want to knock it out though. Time. Knock it out. <laughs> I cannot handle anything else. Mine are totally. almost gone. <laughs> gone. <laughs> Oh, that's oh, funny. So w- what do you think the biggest changes uh, that are going to be affecting our agencies within the next couple of years? Yeah. I mean, this is going to come across harsh, but I think it's the truth is that you have to grow and expand. You cannot be a single agency owner who's doing service and sales and you've got like one other person and you've got a desk phone and <laughs> Apex and you're calling these leads because the people that have stuff automated and have processes are going to just dominate you. And you will, like, I I think the carriers ultimately are going to structure things in a way that you have to really have a larger setup and you have to really scale and grow in order to hit the compensation that you want to hit. So you've got these people that they're buying internet leads. Oh yeah, you know, I bought a few and I called them and, you know, they said that they didn't want to quote or the price came out high. And it's just like, and then they go on Facebook and they complain about it, or they talk about the one client that left. And it's just like, I hate to be harsh, but you just can't afford to do that. Like you just, you will go extinct. And there are literally companies that are trying to put you out of business. And if you're doing the type of stuff that we talk about, you will thrive. And if you're not willing to invest money and you're not willing to try and grow and expand, and you're just going to contract and contract and contract, you're going to go out of business eventually. Yeah. It's like the the leads and whatever process behind it is like the cost of goods sold. 
right, for our product. And I never thought of it that way until we were doing this, but there has to be something that you use to pay for the thing that comes in, right? Like McDonald's buys burger. They they can't say, you know what, we're going to sell burgers, but we're not going to pay for any patties this week. Like it's, there's an input, right? Like there has to be an input in order to have the output. Insurance is different because there's no thing that we're handing to people, right? There's a policy, but I mean, I don't know what anybody knows of that, but it's just, it's interesting, you know, like until that's there and that's known and and it's thought of that way, I think that people will continue to, uh, I'm going to sit tight and see what, if things look better next month. No, dude, things won't look better next month. If you're right. not doing anything now and it's not looking good, in a month it's going to look worse, and in two months it's going to look worse, and in a year you're screwed. So, I mean, and I think the only objection to that would be, you know, what about cross sells or like other things? And I think those things, you know, the the 100 list when you start, I think that those things are great as passive marketing, but you have to have active marketing that every day you can trust on that your people can trust you that you know what you're doing. So that they show up and they know that consistently every day I have a chance to make money for my family. And the only way they're going to have that kind of trust in you as the agency owner is if you're providing that somehow. But the passive ways are going to fluctuate because there's no way to control that. So I love the path sales within the agency. It's a great way to, you know, increase your, but it all starts with bringing new people in so that you can have that passive activity. It's like the extra, right? Like that's the, the whipped cream and nuts mm. and and unless you're allergic to nuts and uh, cherry on top, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the extra stuff. And it's great, but you cannot grow a book off of that. Just not going to happen. Well, and I think a lot of people overlook the fact that we have leads. Like a lot of sales industries, you don't have qualified leads. It just right. doesn't exist. Like we're very lucky to have that. Just to buy them. And like, you don't need to deal with that part. <laughs> like that's an incredible, that to me was an incredible thing. Cause I was used to like, cause I, you guys talking about switching from DYL to Ricochet is actually what, cause the old agency I was at, we used DYL and I thought that was great. I was used to literally a spreadsheet and my cell phone calling people. So DYL to <laughs> me was like, Oh wow. And then I heard you guys talk about Ricochet and it's a whole other level. But the fact that you can actually do this, like I almost see it as like a video game, kind of like you're sitting there, you got these people coming through and it's like a challenge and you're working with the numbers and you're trying to get it. Like, I think it's, it's fun in that way. And it's cool that we, like you, that we actually have, you guys have laid out a process, right? You buy X amount of leads, you put X amount of dials on them, you get the transfer. If your salesperson does X amount of quotes, they're going to sell it. And it, it's so cool to be able to have a process like that yeah. that you can actually follow. And I think people don't really realize just how unique that is. And then when you freak out, you come on the call on Wednesday and talk about it and you feel better and, and then it works. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I want to I want to share this. Our, our district manager here is awesome. And he told me something that I thought was pretty profound. It was right when I first got started. And that is that a selling agent is a happy agent. And he meant it about the agency owner, but also about the individual salespeople. If you, as the agency owner or them as the producer, are taking those angry inbound calls from clients, you're going to get bitter. If that's all you're doing is just sitting back playing defense, like that was what I like. I just want to play offense all the time. So like if somebody calls me to complain about the rate, hey, I hear you. Hey, by the way, 
<laughs> when are we going to do your life insurance? Like, I just yeah. want to play offense all the time. Off the phone quick. Yeah, they're going to stop calling. And I feel like if you are selling, you're going to feel great. As an agency mm-hmm. owner, you're going to feel great. The salespeople are going to feel great. And that's why I love Teledudes because it's like I can put them in positions where they can be excited about a quote, make a sale. You feel phenomenal when you make a sale. It gives you so much momentum. If you're just sitting there and you're not selling stuff for days on end, you're going to get beleaguered and bitter and and feel like you don't want to do it anymore and same thing as if as an agency owner if you're just like you were talking about if you're sitting there and oh well you know we'll we'll try and expand next month all you're going to be doing is taking flack and bleeding premium left and right and you're not going to feel good and then even if you are in a sales situation you're not going to kill it because you're yeah. you're not going to feel good yeah a hundred i've tried it both ways it does not work the other way <laughs> where you don't do anything <laughs> nothing <laughs> happens gets tricky playing defense in an agency is not fun <laughs> hey i'm gonna hunker down and just wait for this pandemic to <laughs> pass us by and then i'll start doing it <laughs> i mean that's when we poured the gas like that's when we launched it you know like that's what's crazy is it was a uh, good time because everybody else there's took their a, there's a the great gas. book by grant cardone called if you if you're not first you're last it's like the ricky bobby slogan <laughs> and he wrote it about in 2008 when the financial collapse and his business you know, everybody, all these businesses were closing and he was like, I'm just going to go almost completely broke trying to invest to grow big. And I think that's the right idea. You know, it's like, you look at what's happening right now, the landscape's changing so much down payment options are changing rates are going up, but it's happening for everyone. Like I would say, I always try and tell these people, I'm like, no one insurance company has the best rates. If that was possible, everybody would copy that same model. So if everybody's raising rates right now, you know, like yeah. here in Nevada, basically every company has filed for a rate increase. So, you know, it is what it is. You just have to talk to enough people. I can't look at any one quote and go, oh, because that company had a better price, I guess they're beating us on rates right now. Right. Like, no, because right. then you do a quote the next day and you're half what that company is for this other person. So you just got to do it. shouldn't enough. matter anyway, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, obviously it impacts, but it makes the, the call easier, right? right? But we can well, win when we're higher too. That's a really important point because I always tell them like, there's a great book. I, I like Daniel Pink. Have you guys read any of his books? He's really good. Highly recommend him. He's a, uh, what is it called? Like persuasion science researcher. Huh. And uh, he talks about. Persuasion science researcher. Yeah. I totally lost my train of thought. What we're saying. <laughs> is it Daniel Pink? P-A-N-K? Uh, P- P- yeah. Like the color. Pink. Oh, pink. pink. Okay. Yeah. Daniel Pink. Um, what, which is book? he related to the singer? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um dad joke yeah Incoming. Eh, what can you do i totally Can't lost my train it. of thought daniel anyway. pink what what book would you recommend because uh, oh yeah 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 Th- that's where i was going okay so he's got this great concept that everything's becoming automated mm-hmm. right so you have to be able to do something that a computer cannot do a computer 100%. can spit out a quote it can look yep. at the person's coverages and spit out a quote so if that's all you're going to do, then why are you, what necessitates you being here? And ultimately, if that is all you're going to do, you're going to get cut out of the equation. What a computer cannot do, so he, he puts it like this. It's not about solving problems because if somebody already knows what their problem is, they can solve it themselves. It's about identifying problems. If I can look at your policy and I can say, hey, here's the problem. Your deductible's too high. You're not covered for this, this, and this, and you're way underinsured on this. That's where the human element is important. 
And that's that's the value that you can provide as an insurance advisor. So I think that's, I always preach that to them is like, don't just go through the motions and do the, you're not quoting these people. You're reviewing their coverages. You're advising them on the insurance. And then you, once you've explained to them the consequences of having the coverage they have, they're going to ask you the price. And then you present the price. And if you want to walk it down from there, you can, but you got to start there. You got to start with that advisory conversation. Yeah. Love it. Garrett, you went the distance with us. Thank you so much. Want to acknowledge you for being an awesome insurance uh, leader in your agency, growing it in such a short period of time and uh, everything that you're doing and, and the fact that you constantly are looking outside for different ways to better your agency, your family, everything else. It's super cool how motivated you are. So I got to thank you guys, first of all, for having me on the podcast because I'm a fan and <laughs> What you guys have created has been life-changing for me, for for all my people here. So thank you guys so much. Well, thank you, man. Should we try one line, like a an actor's line? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen oh. a few good men? Oh, yeah. Okay, how about if I just say, did you order the code red? Oh, my gosh. See, I'm going to embarrass myself because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the truth. You, know, you can't <laughs> handle the truth. Oh my God, it's perfect. Deep down inside in places you don't want to talk about, you <laughs> want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you guys Our are first awesome. Actor. Huh? It's wild. Mean, he's their first actor. Wild. Yeah, first actor. <laughs> you guys are so awesome. I really appreciate ah, ev everything you guys do. So. Jason's you're awesome, dude, and and I guarantee you, your people at your office greatly appreciate everything that you're doing, yep. and your wife and everything. One dude, year awesome. in, I'm sure she's pretty impressed that you were able to not only get married, but start an agency and not have it explode. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you. That she'll, means a lot. she'll be impressed for now. <laughs> We'll we'll have to check in on you. Um, yeah, I would love that. Yeah, a follow up. Yeah, thanks, Garrett. It's been awesome. Awesome. Thank you Appreciate guys your so time. much. Okay, cool. I'll see, see you next so week, Garrett. Bye. Bye. Hey, what are you still doing here? Well, while you're still here, and while it's fresh in your mind, check out live.teledudes.com. Yeah, if you weren't listening before, we took notes from over a hundred interviews with top agents from around the country and made it into a live webcast. Using these strategies did help Craig and I write over 10 million in premium in the last couple of years. And let me tell you, on this call, you'll receive the exact blueprint to get the very same results. Again, that's live.teledudes.com to register for this upcoming Tuesday's live call with us. And if you jump on with us, we are certain 2022 will be an absolutely fantastic year for you. See you there.